At the beginning, I wanted to encourage everyone, give us a review of this podcast or our podcast in general on Google My Business. And that link is in the show notes. Just click on that link. You'll have to sign into your Gmail account or your Google account. And then give us some feedback on this episode or the podcast overall. I'm trying to do an alternative to giving reviews in Apple Podcasts and just do it on Google. So the link is in the show notes. You'll have to sign into your Google account and give us a review. What frustrates me being in the industry is when somebody says, well, somebody told me this is the best plan for right. you. This is the, and it's frustrating because unless you had that crystal ball and you knew exactly when your health was going to change or if it was going to change, no one can tell you with absolute certainty what's best. We are looking forward our way. We're in Studio C in the 511 Studios in the Brewery District, south of downtown Columbus. This is Brett. With me is Carol. How are you? I'm good, Brad. How is it going? Good. Wonderful. This is going to be another great episode. It is because we, we have keep one of saying our... that, but we we really, really, really do mean that. We do because <laughs> today we have one of our favorite people returning to talk with us today. Yeah, we want to welcome Josh Kinzel from Seniority Benefit Group. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, it is. It's it's open enrollment time. Josh is back in the studio. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and he was with us last year discussing Medicare enrollment during a pandemic. Well. We hope this year's program is a little less dramatic, but full of great services and information. Josh, thank you again for coming by. Well, thanks for having me back. It was so much fun last year to do this, and and last year was my first podcast, and there was a little bit of anxiety, and that's not here anymore. So good. this is great. So thanks good for having for me. It's you. good to see you both. That's great. Now, <laughs> did, does that mean you did other podcasts other than us? Well, I actually haven't. I mean, okay, we've done a lot good. of Zoom seminars and everything has been Which is its talking second cousin. Yes. You bet. Yeah. yeah. But, but this is the yeah. only podcast that we do. And it's and the reason I, you make it so easy to be here. So thank you. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Great. No, good. good. Uh, so as Brett said, I cannot believe it's been a year. Open enrollment for Medicare. You and I were talking just a minute ago before we came on air about a cousin who needs some help. Um, it, it's uh, now that I've been through it a few years, it doesn't seem like it's that big a deal. But I remember being on the phone for like seven hours mm-hmm. <laughs> the first time mm-hmm. I went through the Medicare process. So yeah, it is complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, the schedule comes, you know, comes up so fast every year. And we all have so many questions. So, Josh, Medicare can be confusing for people. Your organization, Seniority Mm -hmm. Benefit Group, works with individuals and companies to kind of demystify the process, the services and the programs. Give us a little bit of an overview of Seniority Benefit Group and your background. Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So, Seniority Benefit, we're a, a local insurance broker and we're independent, which it really helps by being independent because we don't have to try to fit a round peg into a square hole. And we are that local presence because a lot of people now are getting calls from all over the U.S. trying to act like they're their best friends Mm -hmm. and almost scaring them into something. And people still like that old brick and mortar, come on in, I want to talk to you, I want to look you in the eyes. And I think that's was the hardest part of last year was not being able to, yeah, you can see them on the screen, but they weren't sitting across the table. We are getting back to that. But what really made us start seniority benefit group is we used to help employers with their employee benefits but then there was always the question of what does john do when he turns 65 how does that coordinate with our benefits so we started focusing more and more on that john where we said we really like this aspect of it we like describing and helping it was more individualized it didn't it seemed like you were really helping mm-hmm. and so we decided we were going to step away from just the employee benefits and completely 
focus on Medicare. So that's where we are right now is just looking at that individual who's turning 65, trying to demystify. I love that word. And because there is so much anxiety around it. And now we have a company, we're a small company, uh, 12 employees, but everybody is rowing in the same direction. Everybody mm -hmm. is licensed and they're able to help you with your Medicare questions. And people will always say, well, you probably do other things, don't you? I mean, Medicare and what else? And we're almost proud to say we don't do anything else because we know Medicare is such an important part of that decision. And so we're going to be really good in that lane. Yeah. And You know, yeah. you know it, it just dawned on me, when you think about service organizations, we uh, oftentimes have a favorite banker we go to mm -hmm. and talk to that person because we trust them. We see them right mm -hmm. there at the teller window or behind their desk. Um, if uh, doctors, we go and see our doctors, um, our insurance. I have a I have an independent insurance agent for my car and my house, mm -hmm. and she and I talk on a regular basis. She'll call me if she's got a question or she has an idea. But none of us ever had that for Medicare before. Yeah, and and we found that that was a very common statement is that we didn't know people like you exist. We know we could call an insurance company and sure they would try to sell us what they offer, but we didn't know we had somebody as an advocate that mm -hmm. could kind of be our in-between to all those different programs. Right. And I can't believe that actually next month will be September will be 15 years that I've been really? in this industry. Well, and that, <laughs> wow. that point, I was thinking yeah. the same thing about the number of years you've been there, how many of your clients you've had for 15 years. Mm -hmm. And when you do get to that age, you still have another 15, 20, 25, oh, yeah. 30, you hope years that you need this. Yeah. So yeah. why wouldn't you want individual attention yeah. like you do with your auto insurance and your home insurance that you're looking for, your banker? Right. It's the same amount of time potential. And I think what we've done at Seniority Benefit Group is we we are a smaller company, but we are just as confident in anybody in there. So mm -hmm. when you call us, we, you might not get to me at that moment in time, but somebody else is right there to be able to help you. And again, we have people prior to pandemic that would just pop in. I think people are scared to just show up to places anymore, but mm -hmm. it was just fun to be that area and that spot where people could come and, and feel just a little bit better about what they had or less anxiety around that whole topic. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and right. it used to be that all you had was Medicare. Then suddenly you had to pick a supplement. Mm -hmm. Then then the, then the Advantage plans came in mm -hmm. and you, there was nobody to call because Medicare can't answer the questions for those other companies. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it, you, and unless you wanted to call somebody from each of those individual supplements and, and advantage plans, mm -hmm. which yeah, that seven hours I spent was yeah. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, when we were together last year, um, you provided a great overview of what Medicare does and does not include. There's three areas, uh, the Medicare plan, the supplement plan, as well as the P P Part D pharmacy plan, mm -hmm. and how that helps so many individuals continue to afford their prescription needs. Uh, depending on the individual's preferences, it could be that three different parts of their health care, or it could be all well, it could be rolled into one advantage plan, as it's called. Um, can you review the three parts again and how they work together? Absolutely. Yeah. So, and that's the biggest piece of it is that I think people think that there are all these different choices, which there are, but fundamentally, there's only a couple different pathways to go down. So when you are approaching Medicare, there's two parts to basic Medicare between you and the government. It's part A, which is your hospitalization, and it's part B, which is anything outside of the hospital. 
So it really is something, it's your red, white, and blue card that you've seen a neighbor has, or you have, where you can go anywhere in the United States. It's a federal program that takes Medicare, show your red, white, and blue card. If you have A and B, it's going to cover about 80% of a bill. Not down to the penny, but about 80%. But what that leaves is that 20% that you have to pay, Mm -hmm. which is an open-ended 20%. So most folks now on an insurance plan, they might have a high deductible, but at least there's a limit of what they're going to have to spend. With original Medicare, there's no limit of that 20%. And also, if you went to the pharmacy with your red, white, and blue card, it's not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the pieces that people say, I thought I just signed up for Medicare and that was going to be my insurance. It it does cover quite a bit, but it leaves that 20%. So now you're at this crossroads of what do I do about the 20% and what do I do about my prescriptions? Because I have some prescriptions I have to pick up every month. Two basic pathways. You either say... I'm going to add a traditional Medicare supplement to just address that 20%. It's called a Medigap plan for a reason. It just looks at the 20% that Medicare leaves and fills it. You pay a premium to have that, and then you can add a prescription drug plan on top, that Part D. That's one pathway. So you can say, I'll have a supplement to cover my 20%. I'll have a prescription drug plan to address my prescriptions. Or like you said, Brett, the other way to go are those Medicare Advantage plans, and or Part C is what they're also known as. And these are the ones that are getting so much more attention these days Mm -hmm. because it is a wrap it all into one, but it's very profitable for the insurance companies. So they're putting a lot of effort into advertising. So you've seen a Hall of Fame quarterback a lot on TV (laughs) promoting, (laughs) and he's not telling um, total lies, but he's not telling total truths either. So it's, it's, isn't an option where with the Medicare Advantage plan, it can be a very good option because what you're doing there is a lot of times not adding any premium, wrapping everything up into one. You do have a network of doctors, but you have a copay, and it does include your prescription coverage. So it's all one of those one size where you can just show your car to the doctor, hospital, or pharmacy. You have a little bit more risk in that path, but it's a lower premium. So really when you get to that fork in the road, do you say, do I want to pay them now? Do I want to pay a premium every month to go with the supplement? Maybe not as much out of pocket when I use it. Right. Or do I want to pay them as I go with a Medicare Advantage plan? And what frustrates me being in the industry is when somebody says, well, somebody told me this is the best plan for right. you. This <laughs> is the, and it's frustrating because unless you had that crystal ball and you knew exactly when your health was going to change or if it was going to change, no one can tell you with absolute certainty what's best. So it's you just try to get a comfort level of I, where you are. That is, I think the, that... Uh, I just sit back and think when my parents were getting their Medicare and then suddenly there were those special plans. This was before the Advantage plans came mm-hmm. on, but suddenly there were, and I don't want to say the name of it on on, yep. on the, the podcast, but mm-hmm. everybody and their brother had this one particular plan. And my uncle kept telling my mom, this is what you need. This is the best plan. This is the best plan. My mother was going the other way where she paid a higher premium because she was really sure that they were going to cover everything because my dad had been sick. Mm -hmm. So what happens, all my uncle and aunt and all those folks who swore this was the best plan Mm -hmm. were paying buku dollars of things that were not covered. And my parents were luckily covered. And they did. They paid more of a monthly premium, but that way she knew she could budget that monthly premium every month. People like No surprises. Mm -hmm. Right, Mm -hmm. right. 
Okay, so Josh, even if our listeners are not 65, Mm -hmm. they could be assisting a family member, as I was talking to you about my cousin, Um, folks who are trying to choose a a Medicare plan. And, you know, what I'm hearing is, as you said, the guy on TV throwing the football, Mm -hmm. I'm hearing the folks say to me, well, they, that, that, a TV ad said that my plan was no good and I'm not getting covered by everything. Well, you Mm -hmm. don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. How do people prepare to begin getting their Medicare coverage as they approach their 65th birthday? What do they have to really keep in their mind? Well, I think uh, one of the best things to do is really get a firm grasp on what you have currently. So what kind of plan you have with, you might have a higher deductible. You, You are paying something when you go to fill a prescription. So it's almost try to get comfortable with that because Medicare, a lot of these group health plans that you have came out of the Medicare. They look at Medicare as a backbone of what should be covered and everything. And some people get a comfort in that knowing that, well, if it's covered by my current plan now, more than likely Medicare is going to address it in some fashion. Uh, so like so, an employer plan, yeah. comparing your employer plan even just, and, and making the assumptions. Yeah. Okay. And, or even just get a feel for what you're currently spending. Right. So you're not... So it's, it's some people approach Medicare thinking that now as soon as I turn that on, it's going to cover everything. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. That's not a reality, unfortunately. Right. Um, but you want to just start looking at what medications you're taking, whether or not any of those medications can be changed from brand names to generics, mm-hmm. where people say, well, my doctor wanted me on the brand name. Well, if it's been working, the doctor's job is to, to prescribe something that's working. So maybe they don't really think of the cost of it. And so just trying to... Start asking, is there any other alternatives? Because that's the one piece of it when you get to Medicare is the prescription piece, which we'll, which we'll touch on. Um, so getting a, a feel for if you can change any of your medications to generics. But don't go into it scared. Don't, don't look at 65 as this looming thing where now all of a sudden things aren't going to be as good as they used to be. A lot of times, actually, people are surprised by how well Medicare covers mm-hmm. what they're looking to be covered. And they say, oh, shoot, I, I didn't think I wanted to be 65, but here we are. And now I can go on a plan like that. Well, and and a lot of folks have ha- not had coverage, or they've yeah. had to go in the uh, over the the exchange, mm-hmm. and um, they're they're paying a lot. And again, they're thinking, okay, Medicare is not going to cost me anything. There is a cost, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, it and there is a lot of coverage. So um, so to, just to make sure I, I've got this. So the first step really is understanding. If you have insurance now, what it's paying for, mm-hmm. how much it's costing you monthly for your premium, mm-hmm. and how much you're paying for medications, your doctor's visits, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, because then it's not as much of a shock when when we're going through things and saying, well, your medications could be X amount. Then you could say, well, it, yeah, that might sound like a lot when you're saying it, but looking back, that's kind of what I've been paying along mm-hmm. the way. So it's not mm-hmm. this where you're 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 fearing going on this different coverage just right. because you're 65. Right. Um, but more so just the list of medications, list of doctors, see what, what doctors and hospital systems you want to have in your network. And that's where we come in and start guiding you with, all right, if those are the needs, if you say, hey, this is what I had through my employer and individual plan, but this is of that, I, it, these are the things I want to improve upon on that. Good point. So then we can look at that. And say, all right, well, we can do that if we go this pathway. Or if you say, hey, I had coverage, but I need it to be better on this category. Well, we can help guide you to maybe where that can be accomplished through mm-hmm. a Medicare plan. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you think then uh, it would be wise to maybe have a, a conversation with your 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 doctor? Yeah. yeah. About, okay, as 
I know I have this ailment now. Mm-hmm. How does this typically progress? Yeah. Like yeah. a diabetes situation or something, which they probably are pretty well informed about, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But it could be anything, hypertension, anything. How, as I get older, doc, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. It could happen because I turned 65 and I'm addressing this Medicare stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it be it's, worthwhile? A, it's a great opportunity because your insurance is changing yeah. to talk to your doctor. And I'm sure they get that question all the time. I would hope so. And yeah, yeah and and- Really, where we say specifically is to see if your doctor can look at your medication list, and and because that's where that cost a lot comes in, yeah, as the prescription piece. Right. But that's that's an excellent okay. point, Brett, to okay. talk to your doctor too. And you know, one of the things that I learned, and I think I mentioned this at the last time we were talking in the podcast, um, I have a nurse practitioner who is incredible, and uh, and actually she did a podcast with us on telehealth. So oh, great, yeah. You, you, Go back and listen to Stacy's podcast with us. Um, but she knows Medicare really well, which I'm thinking there are probably a lot of doctors who kind of try to ignore it because it's yeah. so complicated. But when she knew I was going to be 65, I was several months before my birthday, she said, okay, here's the things to watch for because the language in Medicare is different than the language that you have under other insurances. You know, you don't go for an annual physical, you go for a well checkup mm-hmm. and it and it involves different things. And so having that conversation with your primary care um, professional could be really helpful. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as we turn 65, we need to understand our medical history and the needs in order to you know, choose the best plan. We kind of touched upon that. How does an individual describe their health issues and physical abilities? I, and to me, I kind of, I'm thinking you need to be truthful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. How does one go about that? I mean, I know it's a soul searching going and going, Josh, this is what, what I've got. And, and you've got mm-hmm. to lay some stuff out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and know and trust you that if you don't know that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're going to miss a piece of the puzzle. Well, and part of it too is when you're talking to an advisor, there are a lot of things that we have to do in the summer where we just have to be licensed with all these different companies, go through a, a testing process with Medicare again every summer to make sure that you're up to date with. And one of them is you're not actually technically allowed to qualify someone by asking them those questions because then they don't want you to force them into one way. Or, and I, I understand the spirit of it. But to your point, Brett, it's tough for, for me as an advisor, any of these advisors, if you're not telling us kind of what's going on, what's under the hood, we can't do our job in trying to tell you whether it's that supplement and drug plan or Medicare Advantage, or if it's a Medicare Advantage, here's a specific plan that works well. So it is, it's good to be truthful. It's not hurting you at all. Sometimes people think that we're the insurance company or we're the underwriter. So right. they, oh, they don't want to tell us that because we're going to put that somewhere in. It's going to hurt. A, it's their, a check mark against you. It, and it's, yeah, yeah and it's, it's not. not. Yeah. It's not because when you're approaching 65 or when you're retiring, none of these insurance companies can ask those medical questions. So feel free to tell us because what we can, we can pull upon our experience of, well, we have these clients, how you're describing yourself. This is how much it was costing them on these particular plans. So is that something that's going to fit in your budget or do we have to address that? And with the medications and everything, even if you think, well, I don't really take it all that much, so I'm not going to put that on the list, put it on the list because it's not hurting you. And when we put it into the system for it to look at the drug plans and trying to tell us what's best, it's not hurting us to put those in there because we can go after we run the program and you could say, well, if I had to fill it, this is how much it would cost. 
So again, withholding isn't isn't helpful for you or us. So again, just try to be as open as you want to be. Right. But it, just know that when you're telling a list of medications, or you're telling some of the ailments, or you're telling some of the things that your doctor said might be on the horizon, that's not a bad thing to tell a broker or an advisor right. because we're not we can't go to the underwriters. We're not the underwriters. It's not going to hurt you. It's only going to help with your decision. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's also an issue too, if I remember correctly, when I first signed up for Medicare, I chose traditional Medicare with the other policies to wrap around it. Mm -hmm. But one of the issues was that if you are in traditional Medicare, you pop over to Advantage, mm -hmm. you may or may not be able to go back to traditional Medicare for several reasons. Mm -hmm. And so you need to know that. So yeah. you need to know, you, you won't put them into Advantage if then they're going to end up needing traditional Medicare and can't get in mm -hmm. without having to go through a physical and all of that. Mm -hmm. So, And what I've learned too is that, I th and I think we have a really good approach at, when we're describing these things, we're not pushy one way or another. But it is helpful to maybe have a little nudge if you're giving us information where you're on the fence, but maybe that one piece of information that you say about, here's what happened a couple of years. Oh, well, then if you're on the fence, then maybe you want to lean this way because of the fact if we go one direction, we might not be able to jump to the other later mm -hmm. on. So that's that's a very good point, Carol. Right, right. Well, you know, um, particularly during this pandemic, we have all become very savvy shoppers. Mm -hmm. And we're online and mm -hmm. asking ourselves questions and trying to figure out where can we get the best deal and how fast it can get delivered and mm -hmm. all of that. Um, so we've become savvy about Part D now. It's mm -hmm. been around for a while. Um, but let's outline what Part D actually covers and if there are any sticking points that Medi uh, Medicare patients don't even realize are at stake when they choose those policies. Yeah, Part D is one of those that it came out in 2006, and they're always tweaking it. Yeah. It's almost like the newest technology. They're always trying to do something to fix it because it is not a perfect system by any stretch. But Part D specifically just addresses anything that you're filling at the pharmacy or having mailed to you. And it, I always describe it as a potential roller coaster ride that you don't want to be on because that's the biggest difference between a group health plan with prescription coverage or an individual health plan with prescription coverage and Medicare, because there are basic stages to this. Mm -hmm. that the, So the government sets out these, these stages of the prescription drug plan benefit, but the government doesn't offer a Part D plan. So that's another misconception where people say, well, I'll just sign up for Medicare A and B, and then I'll pick up their Part D as well. It's through private insurance companies. And as you would imagine, those insurance companies are trying to figure out how they can look better than mm -hmm. the other. But the same basic structures behind the scenes where there's four different stages. And the government sets these. So the first stage is a deductible stage. So you got to pay 100% of the medication costs until you hit that deductible. So that's stage one. Now, the insurance company could have that deductible. They could say, hey, we don't have one of those to so make themselves more attractive. But there could be a deductible there that you meet up front. Then you have these co-pays. So then it feels, again, you're back into your comfort zone of, oh, I go to Kroger or go to CVS. I show their card. They say, oh, that's a $5 copay. You mm -hmm. walk out. Everything feels normal. But as you're filling those medications, as you're paying those copays and those deductibles, they're adding the full cost of your medications together. And when it reaches a little over $4,000, the full cost, now you're in this coverage gap or the donut hole, where, again, it's another price that you're paying for that same medication. Now, fortunately, because of the Affordable Care Act, they've 
what they, in their terms, close that donut hole where you're not paying 100% anymore, you're paying 25%, but there's still a cost there. Mm -hmm. Then if your medications are expensive enough, it gets you to the catastrophic where you pay a lower percentage. So that roller coaster ride of stage one, you're paying 100%, then stage two, you're paying a copay, then stage three, you're 25%, stage four, you're 5%. So what we try to do is look at it as a total year for folks and say, look, you, there's going to be times during this year that you're you're going to drive yourself nuts trying to figure this out. But at the end of the year, make sure you've set aside $1,000 or $500 because over the course of all those stages, that's what your medications are going to add up to. Mm-hmm. And we really need that list of medications. And the other big factor are where you're filling them because each of these drug plans right. have their standard pharmacies, their preferred pharmacies, out-of-network pharmacies. And so some people and the mail order and the mail order pharmacies and the specialty pharmacies. So there's just a lot of nuances to it. The other thing that we've realized over the past two years or so are those coupons like GoodRx is another not to advertise a specific, but they're a great resource that you can still use while you're on a Part D plan. Now, not to be a Debbie Downer about some of this, but the other downside when somebody's starting to talk to us initially and they're running through their medications and one of their medications we know is very expensive, but they don't know it's very expensive because they've had a manufacturer Mm -hmm. discount on that Mm -hmm. where they say, well, I have a coupon card. I only pay $10. Well, those coupon cards don't work anymore once you're on Medicare prescription drug plans. And so that's one of those where if I could reach in and change something, that's that always comes up every year where I said it, it feels as if that could be somewhere that they could really just say, you know what, those manufacturer's discounts that you had at your group plan, extend them into Medicare. Mm-hmm. But that's the other, we try to just make people aware of what things are going to, so it's not a shock when they go to the pharmacy. Right. Even if we're not delivering the news they want to hear, it, we certainly feel that they need to know it. Right. And so at least sometimes, you, as long as you're bracing for it. And I, I don't want to make Part D sound like it's terrible. It certainly is has been helpful to a lot of folks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but just those are some of those challenges that we try to weed out for you on the front end. The, the um, interesting thing I've had with Part D, it's, and I, I'm really blessed not to have much in terms of prescription, the number of them or cost, mm-hmm. but it's the mail order issue. Mm-hmm. You know, I did mail order when it first started probably 30 years ago, mm-hmm. and it was awful it mm-hmm. was just awful and so i always swore i'd never go plus i just love my kroger pharmacists you know yeah. I, at least i have there's a team of women over there that are dynamic yep so i have been i'm on my third different insurance for part d and mm-hmm. and it's because i've been able to get the cost down mm-hmm. well the group i'm with now it is a daily uh issue of publicity emails phone calls stuff in the mail because they want me to do the mail order. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to pay a little more the next time around than to deal with them anymore. Yeah. It's just too hard. Well, yeah. And it's all about bottom line with the insurance companies Mm -hmm. where we want to think that they're doing this as a, as a good thing. And, And it is offering a service certainly, but you have to, always kind of think, why exactly. <laughs> are they calling me so much? Why mm-hmm. are they putting so many resources to switching me over right. there? And just like anything else too, it works great for some folks. It works terribly for others. 
So it's at least at this moment in time, there's no prescription drug plans out there that are forcing you to do mail order, right. which some company plans are doing now. Right. So that's the and you I do think still it have started out choice. Yeah, mm-hmm. it started out that way mm-hmm. where yep. they really did push you into they. Yeah. You had to pay more if you did it through your local pharmacy. Yes. And you could only get thirty day prescriptions, mm-hmm. all of that. And right. That that is better and and true. It, it's it. No fault of this company. Mm-hmm. It's just an, an issue oh, yeah. of business, mm-hmm. but it's just annoying. Yeah, right. <laughs> <So>. Yep. <laughs> I could see that. Yes. <laughs> you alluded to, um, and we'll call it by its name just because I don't know any other name, GoodRx. Mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit more about what those cards are? I, I think if we understand what they are and why they stop, mm-hmm. it might be a better understanding going, oh, that makes sense why these discount cards don't work anymore. Well, it, it, there's two different types, okay. and there's manufacturer discounts. So mm-hmm. when you have it through an employer plan or an individual plan, okay. the actual manufacturer of that drug, even though the drug might have a $900 a month retail shelf rate, they're allowed to, as a manufacturer, offer you a discount where they're going to say, hey, look, just pay us 10 bucks," and somehow that works out for them. Mm-hmm. GoodRx is just independent from those. So even though those manufacturer discounts, the government doesn't allow those manufacturers to do that for folks on prescription drug plans, but GoodRx is just across the board. Those still do work. So it is with GoodRx, it's just you go online, you type in your medication, you search pharmacies around. It's a good way to pharmacy shop too, to see which one offers Mm -hmm. at lower prices. But at least at this moment in time, you're still able to use that GoodRx. It's not tied into a manufacturer. It's not tied into a specific drug. And you're able to, to price check and say, hey, my Part D plan says it's going to be a $10 copay. GoodRx says it's going to be 2 Have the pharmacist run it through mm-hmm. GoodRx, and you can still do that okay. at this point in time at least. Right. You know, there's a whole other area that – and I don't want to put you on the spot because we didn't – discuss this earlier, but you did mention specialty pharmacies. Mm -hmm. So a friend of mine has to take two drugs through a specialty pharmacy, which are like compounded Mm -hmm. drugs. They're they're specially made for her, and they are to the tune of thousands of dollars a month. Mm -hmm. There are foundations that help people pay for drugs, and she got that information from the pharmacist. So it really pays to talk to the pharmacist. Well, and I remember very early on, meeting a few pharmacists that I went to school with and and afterwards where they really know their stuff for lack of a better term. I mean, they know where you can get those, those resources. They Mm -hmm. know different angles that you just wouldn't be able to find on your own. So yeah, talking to doctor, talking to pharmacists are the way to, to kind of navigate this too. Mm -hmm. more of a team approach. Right. Did you see mistakes or problems for the first time Medicare patients this past year, were they able to be able to be corrected? And mm-hmm. uh, I guess ultimately is how do you avoid those situations as a first timer? Yeah. And I think overwhelmingly, the only mistake I saw people make is when you get a call from somebody or when you get unsolicited, where you're not reaching out to get that advice, it feels very fear driven that people the the way the folks on the other end paint this picture of dread where if you don't do it now 6 months ahead of time you're going to be penalized for the rest of your life and you'll try to interrupt them and say well I'm still working oh well there's a pen they're not really listening to you and so I've had a lot of folks that will call us after finding us or just another local resource that that you can easily dispel that but 
I, the mistake that folks will make is sometimes falling prey to that and saying, okay, well, then sign me up because mm-hmm. I don't want to be penalized. What you're telling me, I, I don't want that future. So whatever I need to do to avoid that. So then they end up getting on these plans that maybe are, are just new to Ohio, trying to build their business here that offer low rates to begin with. And it is sometimes hard to get out of those if you do have pre-existing conditions mm-hmm. because there are still sections of Medicare that that they allow that to come into play. And but if you it that's the main mistake I see. But an overwhelming just statement of most of these plans, if you're going through a company that you've heard of before, they are there are certain levels of benefit that they have to give you. So there is it, you just don't want to go with one that you haven't heard of. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Mm-hmm. That's the one yeah. mistake I really see. Or if you're on one of these Medicare Advantage plans, that can work very well as long as your doctors are in. That's the only other real mistake that I see is sometimes people say, well, my neighbor loved this plan. So they said this is the best plan. So I just signed up for that plan. But your neighbor loves broccoli and you don't. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's – I try to tell folks yeah. normally asking your neighbors or your friends what they did is a good thing if you're buying a fridge or a car mm-hmm. or something. But when it comes to the health insurance, it's a totally different decision point. So your neighbor might not go to the same doctors. And guess what? Their plan covers their doctors but not yours. Right. So – but – the good news, most of that is fixable, though, Brett, where okay. even if somebody comes in and went with the plan that doesn't have your doctors, there are open enrollments every year that we can switch it around. I, I was just going to say yeah, that, too. That stuck. That is the right. one situation that I really think is to everybody's benefit is Medicare can change every year. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to, but it can. It's mm-hmm. like this pharmacy thing. I'm like – it's not anything against them. Yeah, I have. I've saved a little tiny bit of money, but it hasn't been worth the aggravation. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going back to the originals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Josh, uh, we're taping this a little before open enrollment starts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think all the decisions on 2022 haven't actually happened yet. But can you give us a little um, information on the tips and what changes that we do know about for Medicare for next year? Yeah, so we do know all of it's released after October 1st. So timing-wise, if you're listening to this after October 1st, then you can look at next year's plans. That is a deadline that they have there. And that's just to release any of the Medicare Advantage, prescription drug plans, and a lot of the even Medicare supplements will release their new rates around that time. Now, Medicare, their Part B, there's a standard monthly premium that folks are paying right now. It's one forty-eight fifty. That will probably go up if I had to guess. Um, one of the things that in one of the new spending bills that they are trying to add dental and vision and hearing to Medicare, which is a need, is an yeah, absolute absolutely. need. So I'm, I'm glad that they are doing that. But where I've read is that most of that will be maybe put into that premium. Now, it might not come into effect the next year, but and that 148.50 in Part B, that's normally released in November. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what's going on there. Um, but other than there's not anything other than maybe the dental or vision that they're going to add to the original Medicare benefit package that that's on the radar right now where it's going to be totally different. So if you do have a Medicare Advantage plan right now, more than likely it's not going to change much. Um with the prescription drug plans, to your point, Carol, those are the ones that we switch most often for folks because those do change every mm-hmm. year. So you mm-hmm. really want to take a look at that. I was surprised at how much it mm-hmm. changed, yeah, mm-hmm. the last time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and getting um, more coverage for less well, it was really a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Mm. One topic we didn't get to cover last time is the role that Seniority Benefit Group plays in assisting employers and managing employee benefits packages. Um, it looks like you can provide the services needed when employees are moving into Medicare insurance after being covered by their employer's package. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be penalties, though, uh, imposed on individuals if it didn't sign up for Medicare timely and uh, gosh, all sorts of stuff. You know, how does your company assist employers? Well, and this is what we've put a lot of focus into and we're really proud of because I do think we're helping not only the employee in a lot of cases, but the employer, because it's become harder and harder, especially for small groups to offer these employee benefits. And it's not that they're trying to kick an employee off their plan. It just might be a better situation where Mm -hmm. they're saying, Hey, look, it's going to cost you a couple hundred dollars for you to stay on this plan. You're allowed to, but you're 65 now. So this isn't us pushing you off. This is just saying, look, you, you can still work here. You just might be better off on a Medicare plan. And I think that comes across maybe a little better when it's coming from a company that focuses on on that. So we'll approach a lot of employers to say, let us come in, let us do an educational event or via Zoom last year, but hopefully more in person again. And just tell them, here's what your company benefits are now. Here's what Medicare costs. And when we go over those basic choices, sometimes people do that light bulb goes off and says, why am I still paying higher? It's nothing against the employer. It's just tough to provide reasonable insurance sometimes. And it's better for the employee. And so what we're trying to do is just go to these companies and be that extra arm for them, their HR departments, because the other thing that the HR departments get crushed with Medicare questions that they're just not equipped to answer. So if we say, hey, look, guys, it doesn't cost anything to work through us. We are independent. And so let us be a different resource for your folks. And a lot of employers have been very open to that, where they said, oh, well, that is a welcome change that we can just say, hey, call Josh. You have a Medicare question, call SBG, call Seniority Benefit Group. They focus on it all day long. And then ultimately, if they find that it's going to be better off being on Medicare, we're there to assist them along the way, getting Part B in place, getting the proper documents from HR to make sure you're not penalized when you get into Medicare, setting up everything else that you need after we do that evaluation. And the other doesn't happen all that much, but there are some penalties that if some people just stay on their group health plan, that they could be at the end of that road when they go to retire and maybe their group health plan didn't have credible prescription drug coverage that they didn't know of. And now they're penalized on that. Or maybe they didn't realize that they work for a small employer under 20 employees. So Medicare has been primary since they turned 65. And now they're hanging out with their group plan. That's secondary insurance to something that they didn't realize that they need to sign up for. Mm -hmm. So it is just, uh, we're proud of offering that service as well to employers to say, hey, look, don't, this is a confusing topic for your HR departments. Let us try to championship or champion that for you. and like I said, it's been well-received. Well, and, and I would think uh, that employees would be really excited to have an independent, neutral party mm-hmm. doing a really good look at both the employer plan and Medicare Yeah, and has the Medicare expertise to really understand. Yeah. Because um, they can't assume their HR person is going to be able to give them the Medicare information and 
gosh, why wouldn't an HR person push somebody into Medicare if they mm-hmm. could and get them off the, the company plan? So yeah, that's a great idea. And we've had a relationship with one of the very large employers around here where it's not uncommon to get the comment after we help them. They go, this is the best employee benefit that they provide. Right. <laughs> and, and we say, well, they're not paying us and we help anybody in the community, but it is just information that they're yearning for. And then it looks like the employer has provided it for them and they have ultimately connected mm-hmm. us together. Mm-hmm. And so it is, it's, it's very satisfying too. Do, do you work with employers of all sizes? All sizes. Mm-hmm. That's really good because there are a lot of small, small, yes. even medium-sized companies. They could and, never afford to have an expert come in. Well, and that's where we started was right. on small group employer plans. So we have a soft spot for the small groups and how mm-hmm. many hats they have to wear there right. already. Right. And so it is, It, it, it again, it's satisfying to help. And talk about the opportunity to have your company look like you're not – Focusing on that employee that's 65 and that ageism comes into play. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That, no, 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 this is not coming from the HR to try to push you out. We're actually trying to help you stay here. Mm-hmm. We want you as an employee. So that's why we brought SBG in mm-hmm. to help out. Yeah, yeah. It To me, it looks like that all the way around. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that we always um, had discussions over um, in our previous agency was, you know, employers didn't want older adults because they would be so expensive on insurance. And mm-hmm. I was always saying, well, you know, if they're on Medicare, it doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it should be to the advantage of the employer to have you on Medicare and still providing great services, like having theirs as the supplement. Yeah. Who would have thought? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, mm-hmm. good. So, Josh, this has been incredible. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. But, you know, we, we really want our um, guests to kind of provide those last tips Top ideas, any information you want to make sure you've provided to our listeners? Well, and not to be self-serving, but I do think we do a very good job at what we do. And I think just whether it's us or someone like us, utilize the resources out there. Right. And I know there's going to be a list of resources that you'll see at the bottom of the podcast as well. But let us be one of those because we don't have any pool one way or another, whether it is Medicare Advantage or Medicare Supplement. And people say, well, well, tell me of all your clients, how many are on one and how many are on, on the other? It's about 50-50. I mean, because we're totally unbiased when it comes to, it doesn't matter to us as long as we're helping. And our whole goal is to put you in a good plan initially so right. you don't come back to us in a year or when we're reaching out in the fall to say, hey, let's review this. You, you're not ready to, to just fire away with all the things that you're complaining about with, about your plan. Our job is to get you in that right plan. And it doesn't ever cost you anything. The insurance right. companies pay us. The government tells the insurance companies how much they can pay us. So we're not even trying to promote one over the other. So just utilize somebody local. We are in the community. You know where you can, you can show up in person. We're doing in-person meetings again. What, what is the geographic region that your company specifically looks at? Well, we're mainly in Ohio, but we do have 11 other states that we can help with because we know people retire out of, out okay. of the state. Okay. And Good. so Good to we want to be able to not only help you when you retire here in Ohio, but if you move to Florida, or Arizona, or the Carolinas. Ooh, we have, there we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm ready. I know. Yes, Especially in too. February. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So our footprint really is central Ohio, but anywhere in Ohio. And then beyond that, there's 11 states that we yeah. can help with too. Well, listeners, we, as Josh mentioned, we will have um, contact information for him and seniority benefit group um, in the um, website information. 
and um, so, and other resources that may be needed and helpful uh, regarding Medicare. All right. Thank you again for coming by. Yes. Right. It was fun to be here. So thank you again for inviting me. Yeah, thank you bad. so yeah, much. Thanks. <laughs>